With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thomas, Let's do research again. The guy's a maniac. God. Episode 231. Great to have you back on. Takes his craft seriously. I like it, Ribs. What do we got this morning? Someone's got it. Someone's yeah, got it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> do I not take this seriously, Craig? I don't understand. I just represented us on Shred and Ragging exceptionally well. Of course you did. What do you bring to the table, Riv? The entire salary show. for players. Big the entire contracts. show. You know that. Uh, hey, fan, you know what I meant? I meant to ask you. I, I don't know if we talked about it off the air the other day or if we uh, haven't talked about it at all, but have you been watching the Drive to Survive? You did ask me. No, I haven't gotten around to that yet, oh, okay. but it's next on the list. It's pretty solid. All right. Did you watch the race the other day? I just I finished not. season five, P. Oh, it's next level. It's next level. It's literally one Are of my up favorite to date shows now. Well, I, I'm I finished season five, and I know that you said um, just the other day when we were talking about uh, drive uh, drive to survive the F1 series. You mentioned to me that the first the first race for season six started. Just last weekend, was it? Or the, it was on Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. The Bahrain Grand Prix. And and, and Petey, Petey completely ruined it for me last year. Like, he's, like, literally watching it as the episodes go, and he's dropping, oh, oh my God, Verstappen is just, like, he's going to win the champion. I'm like, really? Max is I back, wait. baby. It's funny that, uh, you know, uh, a documentary show on Netflix like that, how it really... I think it it it's elevated F1 to a, a worldwide level. We're back, you know, like I told you guys before, like I grew up, that was my NFL Sunday. That was my that was my Sunday growing up with my brother and my dad. We would watch, you know, have breakfast and wait for the race to start at noon back home. Who was your guy? Who was your who was your team? Well, so I we, we didn't really have teams, but you know, back back when I grew up, the, the big name was Michael Schumacher. You know, so so he was he was the one winning all the the races and setting the records and so yeah, it was um yeah, it was quite entertaining. The big news for us here in Buffalo was Jordan Greenway's first game. Mm-hmm. And were you surprised to see where he was starting uh on the roster down on the fourth line? I was, yeah. I mean that that's not where Again, we have talked about Greenway for months now, right? The three of us, and last week with Geo, you know that what a, what a good fit, a change of scenery for him would be, and Buffalo is the perfect spot, and they went and got him. So uh, it was it was great to see, but how to use them in game one is not what I had in mind when you trade for a guy of his abilities. You know, I think what did he end up? I think I looked at it, and it was twelve minutes of ice time. But again, now, is that not enough? Uh, is that not enough for him for for getting his feet wet with this team, or would you like to see him up or around 18, 17, 18 minutes? 
I would like him up at that 16, 17, 18 mark. Yeah. I think just yeah. let him jump in right away. And, 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 and I understand what he's trying to do because, you know, that's a player right now who's lacking confidence. And as, as you guys know, we've all played the game. That's tough to, you can't teach confidence. You, you got to go and get it on your own. Yep. But when you play 12 minutes, it's tough to get confidence on your own. I think a change of scenery is probably, you know, he feels good about himself. He's out of out of many here. Well, he can probably sense the excitement about him here in Buffalo. I mean, I don't think there's anyone right. sitting there saying that they don't like the move. And the other thing is, too, he had three hits, and he made a beautiful play to Dylan Cousins in the slot. I'm not sure if you guys caught that, but he comes around the net, and he's defenseman leans on him, and he shows his strength, and he walks up to about the hash marks. And then throws a pass across to Cousins. Cousins doesn't score, but he just he he made a good play and and yeah, I, I would overall, like to see him playing more. Too, I would like to I mean, see him playing more, but at the same time, let's let's you know, I always like to give new players. I mean, I've been dealt at the deadline; it's not easy, and you got to give a player like that at least eight to ten games and see how the coach uses them, and then I think we can have a real judgment of. Is he being used the right way for game one? Like, you know, like Riv said, is 12 minutes enough to get his feet wet? Maybe I would like to see more, but let's not judge, uh, you know, the coaching staff or or, or uh, Jordan, for that matter, on, on game one. Let's give well, it a he did. He games. did move around the lineup quite a bit, you know, as yeah. much as like, I, I don't think that we can sit here and just dwell on who he started with and say, well, he is playing on the fourth line. Well, you know what? Listen, I mean, Gergensen's and Oposo, they've not played as a fourth line on many nights this year. So I don't like, I'm going to go back to the old Ralph Kruger. We're not going to name lines. We're just going to be like, listen, I mean, he was on a line that he started with, had a few shifts. Don Granado moved him all over the place. Like he played with everybody. Well, he yeah, played the play with that I'm, Rebs, the play that I'm referring to was with, he was with, on the ice with Cousins. With Cousins, yeah. I mean, he moved all over the lineup, and I think they're going to try and move him around the lineup right now to kind of see his fit. Um, you know, again, 12 minutes of ice time might be slightly it's it's kind of like his average for the year but in a situation like this i think um you know i think you know jordan greenway is going to have to move and 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 get familiar with the team and i think that he'll gain and garner more ice time as he continues to earn that ice time too i mean it's a new player i know what vanner is saying um new trade you really want to kind of put him in a good situation to kind of succeed in this first game to get, gain the confidence but i think uh i think don granado's got a got a plan for him no i believe that too i mean obviously uh they have you know history as everyone knows and uh and again i think it's a younger team for him to come in to get excited and i, I think he knows his game pretty well i think he's off he has had a terrible year but at the same time you can't forget he came off of a shoulder you know, surgery this summer, missed training camp. So, and that's that's not easy. I mean, especially nowadays, you, you guys know how these guys, I mean, it used to be, I guess not in my era even, we all came in tip-top shape come training camp. And when you miss that and you can't train the way you're used to training all summer long, it's going to take a player like that, especially a big body like that, to get in shape. So I don't think he's still quite there yet, but... You know, I think Donnie uh, has proven to be good with young kids, and he'll be great. It's a great point too. I think uh, an overlooked one might have something to do with the production that he's 
production level he's had this year. Before we move on, what are your expect now that he's a saber? Mm-hmm. Okay. And you called for him on Friday before the deal was made. You you know, and we posted that clip. You said the Sabres should be eyeing Jordan Greenway, and he's been on a list. And he was the guy in that list that you targeted. And now that he's here, and now that you and you know what the Sabres have, what's what do you expect his production level to be? I, again, I, I don't know why I'm thinking like this, but like I said, I've. I've known him because he's represented by Bartlett Hockey, just like Pete and I were. So I know the kid. I think he's he's awesome. He's a great kid. Loves the game. And I've been on the ice with him a couple times. I think his abilities are a power forward that can score 20-plus for sure in this league. I, I just I think he's a 20-plus he's a goal guy and in the 50-point range. Really? That high? I think so. Yeah, I be, but again, you you guys have. What to, does I mean, he have to do to to get there, though, Vanner? What does he have to do to to you know? Right now, obviously, this this year is 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 one year. He's had a few yeah. other years that he's kind of been in that situation of the ten fifteen goal range and around the thirty thirty five point mark, and maybe possibly more if he were to play a full a full mm-hmm. season. Um, what does he have to do to get to that that mark that you're talking about? Well, I think it's it's uh, you know to be a goal scorer, you got to have good line mates too. And I think the the way the Wild used him here was more of a checking line guy, get the pucks deep, and and really emphasize his size and hit and and dig out pucks. Where I think to me, I see him way more than just a checking line guy. I think he should be for checking and hitting and getting to the front of net. But I think his ability to hold on pucks, find a center, and have a center find him on the wing and getting his shot off because he's got a damn good shot. I think he's going to help him, you know, maybe a guy like, like cousins, like Middlestead who are good dishers. Yep. So he's not always the corner guy and he's maybe eventually, you know, those guys go get it and he's going to park in front or find that high slot area. And all of a sudden he goes from, you know, one to two shots a game to four to six shots on average, or, you know, maybe that's too high, three to five shots, but then, then your production goes up. So it's all about who you play with. Can he get some chemistry with one of those centers? I mean, look at look at Skinner as a perfect example, right? Like he's he's put in the situation where he's playing with a guy like Tage. Well, Tage garners a lot of attention, scores himself, so so people have to play him the right way, and he's moving the puck. And Skinner is smart enough and good enough where he's so good at finding those soft areas where maybe three years ago when he was you know not scoring and people are down on him, well. It's tough to score when you when you don't get those puck in those quiet areas, and I think Tage has been, yeah, just unbelievable. Finding like when you him. go back to when you go back to Jeff Skinner and you and you think about Jeff Skinner throughout his his NHL career, when you say his name, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Well, that's goal scoring. No goal scores. Goal score. You, you think of goal scoring immediately once you think of Jeff Skinner. When I think of Jeff Skinner this year and this year in particular is I I think of him as a playmaker, a guy that can score goals because he's always around the net. He's always in the great areas, okay? He finds ways to 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 be in the right place to to be a good shooter. But I'm going to tell you, he has moved the puck very well this year because he understands who he's playing with and the strengths of the guys that he's playing with. Tage Thompson, when if I ask you, 
what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of Tage Thompson? Shooter, right? Shooter. He wants to shoot the puck. Hasn't he changed that narrative? Who? Tage, about himself. No, he's not at no? all. Not at all. Wait a minute. I think he's. You're he's, telling he's, me that you view him as just a pure shooter. I don't. He is a multi. That's not what I asked. That's not what I asked. I asked the question: When you think of Tage Thompson, what do you think of playmaker? Both, uh, like multifaceted. No, no, you no, you don't. It's amazing. I just said this this morning on Shred and Reagan. That pass, Thomas. You, no, I'm, I'm with Petey on this one. When I think like, of a pure shooter, I think of a guy like Ovechkin or thank something. You. Yeah, I think Tage, the way he skates, his ability to make plays, he fucking dangles. He makes unbelievable passes behind the back. Like last night, that play that he made to Skinner, everybody in the building thought he was shooting that, and yep. he changed the angle of his stick and fed it right through the seam, right to Skinner to a wide open net. That's not just a guy like throwing a puck to the middle of the ice. That is a calculated play made quickly, skillfully, and creatively. That's not a fucking shooter. That is a shooter. He is a shooter. And you know what else when go he look sh- at his, go look at some of his highlight reel goals. Highlight reel. That's not shooter, man. He's like he you is fucking talking about. You know what a shooter is? A shooter is when what is Olson? What what, when, when, when when you think of Mary Lemieux, what do you think of? Passer. What? Hasn't Tage been compared like to the new age Mario? He has. I, I, I but, I'll I mean, never that's give a pretty that because of my that's love a pretty for Mario. Steep but ass. I don't either. Believe me. I, I, give me I, a break. Mario was my Like Tage guy. Thompson and Mary Lemieux shouldn't be shouldn't be spoken about in the same sentence like let's all let's all understand that Tage Thompson is having some world-class seasons last year and this year and he he looks awesome but let me tell you he's no Mary Lemieux okay let's just fucking get that straight but that was not my point I agree with you Mary my my point is when you when you look at certain players and you ask a simple question what are they what are they Jeff Skinner he's a he's a goal scorer he's been a goal scorer his entire career when you think of Tage Thompson you think of shooter it's got a bomb and he and and what what goes towards that is cage thompson has more goals in his last two seasons than he does assists so that right there pd tells you that he's a shooter picker olofsson what does he have he has 20 fucking goals and he has nine assists he's a shooter Hate your reps but, is a passer. But, but the Tage yeah. has quite a few assists too it's pretty I, even, i understand i understand i understand he is all i'm saying is you when you look at certain players, they have certain, you know, unique skill sets that make them who why, they are. Why does All a shooter have is, why why can't like <laughs> I don't I don't understand? I don't fuck. <laughs> he is he is as multifaceted <laughs> as it comes. Like he super could, fucking multifaceted. He could have faked that pass even, not shot the puck, faked that pass and tried to toe drag the defenseman and go backhand shelf. Oh, yeah. We're just talking one fucking play. Okay. He's definitely a passer. He's done it numerous times. Like I've said, I have said this saying he's not a good passer, Petey. Holy shit balls, man. Take your head out of your ass and think about what I'm saying. Because, you know, like you're just sitting here like, let's argue for the sake of arguing. No, I'm just you're in that mood before we even started. I could tell you're in the mood before we even started when you phoned me this morning i can tell when you're going to be controversial and you just want to you just want to battle right now so i'm going to give up and say fucking tage thompson is a passer 
Well, hold on. Is hold Jeff on. Skinner, who yeah. has been a goal scorer his entire career. So he's and a still is a good and still is a good goal scorer. Mm-hmm. Jeff Skinner has changed his game a little bit from being the sole goal scorer, like when he was playing with um Jack Eichel. Okay. He changed his game because now the assets of the guys that he's playing with are of of a goal scores. You know, Puck has sc- scored 28 goals this year. Tage Thompson's got 41 goals or 42 goals this year. These guys, Jeff Skinner's changed his game and it's been awesome. That's what I'm saying. It's just depending on who you're playing with, you have mm-hmm. to understand who you're playing with to get the most out of your game. And that's going to translate back into our conversation of Jordan Greenway. He is going to take some time, which we argued about this yesterday, Thomas, that, you know, Thomas, uh, Jordan Greenway is going to fucking come in and blow it, or blow it apart. Cause he, that's no, it's going to take time. Who said, for Jordan who said that? You said that you said that you want me to get the goddamn clip again. Yeah. yeah Cause what did no, I, I listen say? To that. I think exactly his expectation was eight points. I was like eight points. That's no, like, no. that's like three, that's like three good games for him. Listen. He said he was going to blow it out of the water, no, and then he backtracked. Yes, Thomas, you did. Eight I'll go and get it. I'll go and get. I'll go and get it, Pete. Thomas, you wouldn't even know how to get it, Ribs. You don't know how to edit. <laughs> That's Petey's job. Hey, but he barely points, does that. Eight points in twenty games is not blowing it out of the water. That's right. I, I think if, if, if if there's twenty games left and he's got twenty two points, that would be blowing it out. Even if he has seventeen points, I said eight points. I said don't come in here. I said average about thirty two points, which is what I think he can do this year. It's not blowing it out of the water. Get your head out of your. That's because you backtracked. <laughs> yeah, you know that you're losing your uh, your argument yesterday when we spoke about this. I mean, everything's an argument with you. You have to fight about everything. <laughs> Jordan not- Greenway has two goals. He has two goals this year. He is underachieved. And you said that he was going to come in and go on fire right away. And I said, no, he was. No, he's not. I didn't he's say gonna I, have said, to, I said, I said, I expect him to produce right away. Like meaning, you know, he could have had an assist last night on a Dylan Cousins goal. Like that would have been producing. So that's what I meant by that. But uh, what did you guys think of the game overall? It's an unbelievable game. It's going to be interesting to see how they play tonight because they they played an awesome game and they played to win and they didn't win. Yeah. And now they got to play the Islanders in a four-point game, probably kind of tired. So the game was incredible. I, I agree. I mean, I you know, I, I like watching Edmonton. I think, you know, mainly because of McDavid and Dreisaitl. I mean, those two guys are just just fun to watch. But I thought... Overall, as a team, I think the Oilers are playing way better hockey than maybe in the past. I thought the and then Buffalo was looked like a legit team against them, so that was it was great to see. You know what I love about McDavid this year, and like I said, he's the best player that I've ever seen and played against. But to me, it's just unbelievable how he went into this season. He goes, you know what? I'm going to score more goals just because. I can. And he's just, I mean, he's just amazing. He's just, just goes out there and scores goals now all of a sudden. I mean, he's going to score 60 plus. Well, let me I'd ask love you this. to see him to get to 70. Just, when just you- to, I mean, year eight, and he decided to be, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to lead the league in goal scoring this year. <laughs> so when you, when you were playing Vanner here in Buffalo and mm-hmm. you roll into town, 
Mm-hmm. You rolled into Buff- or Boston. Okay, you're playing a game in Boston. Mm-hmm. Who are you going to see pretty much every shift? When I played, yeah, Chara. Oh. Why? Why? Why would Chara be on the ice against you every single shift? Well, to to kill me, <laughs> to kill you. Why would? <laughs> why? But my question is, why would? Why would um, Chara want to kill you? Why wasn't he on the ice against fucking Adam Mara and Andrew Peters? Right, because he's trying to kill me so I don't score a goal. Oh, so you're a goal scorer. You're the elite goal scorer on the team. You're the top right winger or left winger, whatever you're playing on on that night. Mm -hmm. And you had your top defenseman every single time you stepped on the ice for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. You have last change. Okay, Boston has last change. They make sure that every single solitary shift that Thomas Vanek plays, which is maybe around 17, 18 minutes a night, maybe 19, is that you are going to get the best defender against Thomas Vanek, who is the best goal scorer, guy who scored 40 goals multiple times. Last night I'm watching, go and look at the goals. Go and look at the goals that are scored. The Sabres played a very good game hockey last night, but they beat themselves. Okay, that's they beat themselves. Go and look at the goals that are scored. The goals shouldn't be happening. Number one, they shouldn't be happening for, um, you know, you can go to the second goal and, and look at, you know, what Victor Olsen did on on that goal. And it's fucking mind boggling. Okay, but a goal is scored because of a, a, a very, very selfish, bad mistake. Go and look at who's on the ice. On both Connor McDavid's goals. Jacob Bryson. Owen Power. We're looking at a kid who's got minus 20 beside his name and he's on the ice against Connor McDavid. How the fuck is that possible? How is it possible? We talked about this yesterday when we were talking about Connor McDavid, Petey, and how teams break down video of all these guys. When you have Connor McDavid on the ice, What do you have to do? You have to defend. You have to make sure you're not cheating, that there's no breakdowns, that you're always having layers and layers and layers of defense. How the hell does he score these goals? Now, again, the wraparound, the wraparound is the wraparound. I mean, wraparound is a fucking wraparound that, you know, shouldn't have been wrapped around. (laughs) It should have been wrapped around. And the other one at, is just, the play, you know. You look at the play on that McDavid one. That's, McDavid. That's a, like, what do you, what do you No, mean? no, it's not McDavid being McDavid. It, it, the problem is Darlene makes a poor decision at the red line. Lose control of the puck. They go down. And now you have Jacob Bryson, who's on the ice. He shouldn't be on the ice. He should not be on the ice. That This is, for me, that's coaching, man. That's a coaching error to have a minus 20 player against the best player in the world. I'm sorry. But who's, who's your shutdown pairing? I don't care who it is, but it shouldn't be a kid <laughs> who's got minus fucking 20 beside his name. Okay. Am I wrong? Am I wrong here? <laughs> no, you're like, not you wrong. Not, I just, can you not have a conversation with your defense core and say listen guys when Connor mcdavid's on the ice you are literally playing defense 
You're not rushing across the ice like the Sabres like to do with their defense. And I understand it, how they always want to be putting pressure and they always overload and, and, and ski with, with, with uh, the, the cross ice play. But at some point in time, when you're on the ice, you have to know who you're playing against. And the Sabres, to me, were just playing hockey. They were just going out and they were given their best. And they there was a lot of great hockey that was being played. But I'm sorry, when Connor McDavid is on the ice, you have to have your best defenders. I don't care who well, they are. You, 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 it's not just on the D, though. I think, right? You, you got to. No, it's with, not on the D. If, even if it's Tage's line out there, I think you have to be more of a safer mindset of you, we got to defend against him yep. because he's that good where he can go through four guys and score. Yep. But your point is is the right one that you shouldn't even put that you know that kid in a position to defend against McDavid. So. They're in control of their own destiny. They're in a very interesting spot. Other teams are climbing. What do they need to do? Their schedule is brutal coming up. I mean, uh, besides start with a win tonight against Long Island, is that game even possible for them to win on a back-to-back? The Islanders resting? I mean... I don't like this back to back. Like, what's wrong with back to back? You're the, you're one of the youngest team, if not the youngest. Like okay, the back to back should be great for them, right? I mean, I, I never mind back to backs. That's not a back to backs. I thought it was the it was practice. the I thought it was the youthfulness that might falter. Mm. Yes, I don't know. They don't, they don't. I mean, there's two sides to the coin. I guess I was looking at it. Like, do they know how to respond to it and the rigors of a, a schedule and a playoff run like you guys do, or, or are they like you say, fresh faced and too, you know? I think they just go and play. I think you know. I think Granado has done a good job. Where it doesn't seem like he's putting too much pressure or if any pressure on these guys. They just let them play. It's not like this this old school coaching mentality of of you lose one there's a little bit of panic you know it's like tonight we really gotta go or this it's just i it just seems like they go out and play and i think the way they're playing they can beat anyone but at the same time like we have said before they can also lose to anyone i, I mean think look at don granato managed his bench right? too well last night he didn't overtax any player um, on the team, I think Owen Power played twenty five forty seven. The other thing I want to bring up too is Rasmus Dahlin played twenty three thirty eight. I've watched him the last couple games. To me, he does not seem a hundred percent. I'm sure he isn't. You know, there's no way that he would not be playing more than Owen Power. Yeah, I think he's well, got he something missed. going on, and yeah. he's he's battling through it. He's good enough to play. But yeah. not good enough to play at the elite level. The that 26, 27 we know, minutes. We know exactly yeah, what's happening there, man. He's he's just he's I I I'm impressed that he's even I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that not knowing what the issue is, but that he's even able to play twenty three minutes at the level he's playing at if he is banged up, but yep. But he's no, just gu- guy, he's yeah. gutting it out, which is what you need guys to do at this time of year, you know? Well, you know, I mean, you guys know better than anybody. What the fuck am I talking about? But who knows? I I mean, to me, it looks like it's some type of lower body issue, right? Because he's not skating the same way. 
or yeah. maybe it is an upper body, right? We don't, I mean, I, at least I don't know. I haven't, I haven't looked into it. I don't know if they've said anything. But he looks a little hesitant, and it looks like he's not his strong, powerful, yes. skating what he was. Yes. So to me, he's like he probably has a little hip issue going on, a little groin, and can't. Yep. Hip flexor, groin. Yep. Like you, One you of those. just don't know what these guys are dealing with. We're talking, this yeah. is what, game 62 or whatever. Right. And so I'm not surprised he's playing 23. You can play 23 minutes, but yep. they're not going to look the same as when you're when you can push off the right way. I mean, we have all had groin injuries and played through them. Thomas, I remember I remember you as like having groin issues a lot, didn't you? Just the one year. Just the one yeah. year, really. And then finally I got to a point where, you know, I think I, I missed four or five games and just just those 10 days rest was it was amazing because you, you just when you keep playing on it, keep playing on it, you can, you know, a day off or two days off and not gonna not gonna fix an issue. It's just the the skating takes a lot of even the 10 the days isn't enough, but it's enough to maybe get you back feeling good enough to pretend like yeah. you're hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, for sure. But yeah. especially again, yeah. I mean, I wasn't, the, I mean, I was a, an average skater, but a Deline who, who is biggest asset is skating. It's going to affect him a lot more than my game. Right. So, yeah, but there's yeah, no just, time. Uh, there's no time for him to miss because if he misses 10 days, 12 days, well, that, that's, that's, that, that means you're probably out because look you out, need look him. out for the incoming cliche here. But I mean, Darlene at seventy percent is better than your all your. Oh, that's not a cliche. That's that's 100%. a reality. I mean, yeah, the way he thinks the game, the way he moves yeah, the pucks out of the zone, yeah. the way he handles things on the power play. I mean, everything everything about his game is is really elevated. It's. It's he is a major, major, major factor on the back end. Um, but going back to you know the back to bite back against the Islanders, I think you know. Listen, I mean, we talk about this team being young, and that is going to be maybe a positive. But at the same time, there's all sorts of ways. Like you just want to cross your fingers that you have enough energy in the tank on a back to back game on a travel night, stuff like that. That you've got enough. Um, in the back to back. Well, you here's know. the thing, though. The, 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 I, maybe against you know a, a good skating team, I would say like a Carolina, I would be worried about because you have to skate the game against Carolina. Yep, they are fast. They are all over. But the New York Islanders, they don't play a fast game. Today, I think you got to change your system and be just patient. Be really yep. good defensively, and then counter them. Which you're a great counter team. So tonight is to to me the matchup is not about full energy and skating and this because that's not the Islander that's 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 not how they play against Carolina. I think you have to match that skating ability, but yeah. the Islander that's a defensive yeah. team. They want to slow it down. On a, I mean that's the perfect team you want to play in a back to back. Quite honestly, exactly. Uh, I, I I I'm not worried about this game. I think I think no. the guys have to understand at this time in the season 20 games left you're you're literally trying to catch the islanders this is the biggest game of the entire season this game right here game number 63 you can mark it in the calendar right now is the biggest game of the year and you know they can they can push 
They can push. They have, what, three games in hand on the Islanders. This is a game where they can get two points. That's massive to close that and still have three games in hand still. But if you lose this game and you, you know, Islanders start to separate from the pack, this is this is a tough, this is a tough, this is a big game. It's a big, right. big it's game. A- it's a huge game, obviously. You know, it's it's the four point game and stuff. But again, it, it, that today I think is more of a coaching game than a player's game. And just what I mentioned against the Islanders, I think you gotta be locked in defensively. Don't give up anything. You know your power play is better than the Islanders' power play, in my opinion. Wait for your opportunities and don't force the issue. But ultimately, even if you lose this one. It's not the end of the world. There's still 19 games left. Would you like to win it? Of course you do. But yeah, I think but you know the game what after that's, that's the game after that's huge. Because at this point of the year, you can't lose three in a row. They need Ottawa, need, Ottawa, Florida, Washington, and Detroit all need Buffalo to win this game too. <laughs> just to just to right. keep the keep I mean, the look at the Senators. They've been playing great hockey. And then last night, they lose 5-0 to the Chicago Blackhawks. I know. They're going to look back just like any other team always can look back. I, you know, I, I hate doing that. It's like, oh, if we would have won this one. We would have won this one. I know oh, you guys I had this it. conversation I, yesterday. Uh, stop bringing, stop using our shit against us, Thomas. No, no, no. You guys, I mean, Rivs made a great point because he's like, well, then, then you got to take the Tampa games away. You got to take the Boston games away. You, you just, that's Dallas. at this point of the season, you Vegas. can't lose, you can't lose I mean, three in a row. You can, you can afford to lose two, but then guess what? The the the, the third and the fourth and the fifth game, then you got to win three in a row again to keep pace. Just like yeah. in the playoffs. Right. But again, again, Thomas, when you look at this game here tonight. Massive. The Buffalo Sabres with 62 games played have 68 points. The Islanders sit in the first wild card spot. They have 65 games played and 72 points. So there's a four point difference. Mm-hmm. With Buffalo three games in hand, if they win this game tonight, they're two points behind, but they have three games in hand. They hold their own destiny. The Buffalo Sabres right now currently hold their own destiny. They will decide in the next 20 games, a quarter of a season, they will decide whether they have enough right now to get into the playoffs. And I think Kevin Adams that's that's sitting at home, that's watching these games, that's watching practices, that's seeing the team mature and build, loves what he's seeing because he is elected to go in a direction maybe different than a lot of a lot of other GMs or a lot of couch potatoes that think that he should be making trades, getting making, you know, moves to 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 get better now. Kevin Adams is Literally, literally letting these young players, they're gonna they're they're surviving and thriving at the same time. They're getting better because they're put in a situation that's difficult. Well, and they're it, learning from it. But it sounds like Kevin did try to improve the team, but it did but the sounds of it, right? I mean, it yeah. sounded like he was pretty heavily in with Chikrin. Yep. And but the sounds of it that his offer was better than what, what the return was from Ottawa. So, yeah. again, I mean, we have talked about, and especially myself, I've said I would upgrade. I would upgrade the defense. And But it's easy for me to say it on a podcast here. 
exactly. because I don't have those conversations. Obviously, he did have them, and he let the people know, which I think is great as a fan, the communication that, that Kevin has. I mean, that's not Kevin's fault that Ottawa chose or Arizona chose not to take yeah, Buffalo's Yeah, you know, Arizona was after, uh, you know, one or or multiple elite prospects in the Sabres uh, organization. Savoy is not available. Ninth overall pick last year. He's not available. They weren't trading him. You, you see what Yari Kulich is doing in the minors right now. He is world class. He is incredible hockey player, and he is going to be an NHL hockey player. And they wanted him too. And Kevin said, no, you are not getting these players. These players are going to be Buffalo Sabres prospects or they're going to be in a deal but just not this one yeah they're going to be used in a deal at a later date to to acquire those pieces that are that put you over the top correct yeah correct but but it just it it still makes no sense from an arizona standpoint that you're you're asking you know hypothetically for coolidge or savoy but then you turn around and you don't get one prospect from Ottawa. It makes no sense. So basically what the only thing, what, what Arizona said is, okay, we'll trade them to Ottawa and we're taking our chances that they're going to miss the playoffs and the pick is going to be higher because Buffalo. We now think is it not top 10 playoffs. protected though? Yeah, but you can still get 11 through 16. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So if they miss the playoffs, most likely they're going to be right on the cusp and be uh, a 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. That's my only assumption that he made the trade with Ottawa and not Buffalo because he thinks Buffalo has a better chance of making the playoffs and the pick is then going to be lower than Ottawa's pick. It's going to be fun to watch here the next 20. I mean, it's tight. I mean, you remember last year, I think the playoffs were set in like Christmas. I mean, you got, I mean, even the Washington, who's been a seller, they're sitting at 68 points. They're out. They're done. When you when you trade away Orloff, arguably their best defenseman, yeah, with with Carlson being injured with with concussion, okay, <laughs> which is one of the top defensemen in the league, and you have Orloff, who's an unrestricted free agent, and whether whether Orloff goes back to Washington, that's yet to be seen, right. but um, there was there was picks and and collateral going back to Washington because I think they, they know, I mean, the, the GM watches practice. He sees what's on the ice and maybe he just doesn't feel like this team has enough because they're not the Washington capitals are not battling with four teams for two spots. They're battling with like seven or eight teams for two spots. You have the Islanders, you have Pittsburgh, you have Buffalo, you have Detroit, you have Ottawa, Washington, Florida, Florida. I mean, yeah, but so is every other team. Like they're they're in the mix exactly. as much. I think that the, I think that the moves Washington did was was good, right? He he yes, he knows so it's I. a good GM knowing his team is older. I need picks. I need picks to get younger. But at the same time, who who's to say that they can't win five six in a row, right? Even with with Orloff and half away gone, they they still got some good hockey players in that roster. I don't know, man. I feel like they're heading the direction of it's going to be the Backstrom Ovi show and Chase Gretzky and all the young kids can kind of watch and admire and develop and learn the league as they watch this guy chase history. 
I think they're no, I don't think so. I okay. think they're gonna. I mean, they, they, you know, Strom's a good player. They signed him. I mean, I think Manta for some reason, who I'm a big fan of, he hasn't figured it out at all in Washington. Who's that? Anthony Manta. Yeah, yeah. you, you like know, that's him too. Don't you? you played with him. I was in Detroit with him. Yeah, I mean, his again. That's another guy who I don't know. He's got. I mean, his skill set. When when day one I got to camp, I'm like, who is this guy? Like he's one of those guys, you know, but then it just doesn't quite relate into games yet. I still believe he's, you know, in the right situation with the right coach, just a monster. Like you, you was he six, five or something? Yeah. Six, five. Unbelievable hands. hands are, his hands are just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, I, why, I why, why, why do you think that he's not figured out his game yet? Like, because he, he did figure out his game in Detroit. He was playing as the top left winger on the team. He was playing, you know, in the elite role. Do you think it's, do you think that there's so much overshadowing with, with guys like Ovi, with guys like Backstrom, uh, Kunetsov, TJ Oshie? Well, it's, do you it's, think it's... that there's so much like this guy isn't able to grow into one of those go-to guys because there's so much, you know, high end. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, there. It's, I think it goes back to the same conversation we had earlier about Greenway, right. Playing in the right spot. I mean, it's, you know, to, to me, sports or hockey, first of all, it's confidence. Do you have, you have to have a certain skill level to even Would get that there. Be number one. That's number one to me. That's because number one. When you're confident, the game slows down and you're able to score and make plays and make easier passes. But that's tough, right? The only way to gain confidence is to be on a good line to build that up. And he hasn't found that chemistry of anyone on that team. Well, I just, yeah, here's to hoping they don't because it, it lessens the chance. <laughs> right. But again, I just think it's, 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 it's great for the game, right? I mean, there's so many teams fighting. Well, you, you, you made a good point referencing back to last year, the East was set. I mean, we're starting to see that maybe a little bit more in the West as that comes down to like maybe four teams chasing a wild card, like St. Louis is yeah, maybe too far back, but um you know, do you want to do you want to do a prediction right now? Twenty I mean, games the, left. The, the, the Blues are out, Pete. Yeah, Blues they got, are they out. Got that's what I mean. That's points. where the line's drawn for me. Ooh. It stops at the Blues, you know. Like, and then so it's it's really Calgary, Nashville, Colorado, Edmonton in the last. I four. think it's set. I don't think Nashville or Calgary are gonna catch. Not, the Oilers for sure not, and I don't think the Colorado Avalanche. They're just starting to get healthy. Well, they, they Colorado again has sixty-one games played. They have four games on Edmonton. They have multiple games on other teams. We're talking about one of the the most skilled teams in the NHL that has kind of gone under the radar, large for a large part of the season due to injuries to star players on that team. Right, that you know, and goaltending. I don't yeah, think goal the tending. goaltending has been there for that team. That's the, that's the one thing where, you know, last year as much as, you know, people shit on Kemper and that Franz Holes came in and played in the playoffs, they were pretty good for them. It'll be interesting. The East is very interesting. 
it's very, very interesting. I don't know if Florida has a chance. Maybe it's just down to Buffalo and Ottawa in that that last spot. You, but you, we, I don't think you can say that yet. I, I just, because I mean, it's they're all one of these teams 68. is going to get hot. Yeah, it only takes one. One of them is going to get have some uh, some lucky bounces. They're going to have some lucky bounces, whether it's a, a call in a game where, you know, they get a power play, they score a late goal, they end up winning a game. Then there's there's just going to be things that happen to one of these seven teams well, or eight teams that, that we were all laughing top. at Ottawa two months into the season. Right. We were laughing all the moves they made and we I were mean, laughing at Ottawa and we were and 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 we were talking about Detroit and Ottawa are the two teams to watch in the East that are going to be most improved. Yep. And Ottawa is coming on late. Ottawa is very dangerous. I'm going to tell you this. I don't know what, because I, I, I looked last night at the Chicago lineup. Who are these? <laughs> Who are these kids? Can you explain to me how that is even remotely possible? It's not a two nothing game. This was a five nothing game. I I looked because I was thinking about putting a little wager on uh, old Ottawa there. Hey, uh, you know they've they've uh, Ottawa strong. They've been playing some really good hockey the last month and a half. And when you go and look at the the Chicago team, like I don't know anybody I'll on the team. I'll tell you exactly what happened. I'm going to tell you exactly what happened. You guys tell me what you think. How about Anders Bjork, too? I know exactly. Three, three apples. I know exactly what? where PD's going to go. Bullshit. You're going to go I... in and be, guys walk in and see the lineup chart. And they're going <laughs> to say exactly what Rip just said. Who are these guys? Well, it's that, be, but they did, it, they did it the <laughs> night before at dinner, and they stayed out. <laughs> because here's what I'm thinking. You know, they beat Montreal. They beat Detroit. Uh, they beat Detroit. Um, they beat the Rangers. They beat Columbus. And they fly in on Sunday night. Probably go out for a nice dinner. What's that? That's that place down. Uh, it was my favorite restaurant in the NHL. Yeah. Gibson's. Gibson's. And they had the piano bar right next door. And you could order off the Gibson's menu. <laughs> <laughs> that's anyway, I w- would that's you be surprised at the end of the season? If Buffalo and Ottawa have the two wild card spots and the Islanders and Pitt are out. No. I would nothing either. nothing right now would <laughs> surprise me with the right. East. Because I'm yeah. gonna tell you, I think Florida Florida has the ability to get in and get hot. They've been missing uh uh bark off the last little while. Um and he's he's a world class player, okay. Um, Ottawa, I think Ottawa has an unbelievable hockey team and I think they played very well. I think there's so many teams right now that still have a clear chance of, of getting in that you just don't know. Even Washington who sits in the sixth position on the wild card, sixth position, they have a chance of getting in. Salix Ovechkin, Backstrom, Knetsov, like, I mean, they are, they're, they're a great team. So it's going to come right down to the right down to the last game. I think I really do believe that. And I think and so right too, now and it's going to be awesome. And, and, and Buffalo, the most important thing is that a year ago, one, one calendar year ago, 
when you looked at a schedule, a five-game schedule, okay, you could look at it and go, there's zero chance this team's beating that team. There's zero <laughs> chance they're beating that team. They might have a chance of be- beating this team. You know what I'm saying? Now, yeah. I honestly believe that the Sabres have one of the hardest schedules to end the season in the last 20 games. Mm-hmm. And I believe that they can beat every single one of those hockey teams. I really do believe that. As long as they stay healthy. As long as they stay healthy and yeah. and they play the right way, they can beat anybody in this league. And that is really important moving forward. I agree. Who do you guys think had the best uh, deadline? Across the board, everybody says the same thing. It's the Bruins, man. Yeah. It's I like awesome. Toronto, too. Well, <laughs> see O'Reilly has a busted <laughs> finger. He's on going on yeah. LTIR. Just I don't know. Tor- Toronto doesn't doesn't devastating. It doesn't do it for me. When I look I at the moves that Boston made, the Toronto moves. I still think are, Toronto are gets nothing. by Tampa in the first round this year. Hedman's out. Did you see Hedman went off? He looked hurt. He's back or yep. something. You lose Hedman and you got you know, these guys look like they might just want a longer summer just for once. This is the same stuff people said for the last two years. You see uh, Dimitri Olaf in, in Boston? <laughs> what a this guy, this is a defenseman <laughs> that's played five games. He has three goals, nine points. He's plus six. Like, like we're talking world-class. As soon as he got traded to Boston, I'm like, that's not fair. That's not fair at all. They end up picking up exactly, and I mean exactly what they need in uh, Garnet Hathaway, a fourth-line right-winger with energy and toughness. Okay, and they yeah, see. I didn't feel like that. I, I but those when that trade came, I'm like, that's a good trade, a good trade, really good trade for the Boston Bruins. But Orloff then I think, I, I think Dimitri Orlov is is world class. I think he's right. he's he's you know maybe not a number one, but he's a number two defenseman on most teams in the league. That's how good 100%. he is. Right. I mean, now you're adding him into an already very very strong defense with you know led by Charlie McAvoy who. You know, Charlie McAvoy could be a top 10 defenseman in the NHL right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what they have, it's it's very, very impressive. Very impressive team. The goaltending has been super strong. Both guys, right? I mean, you're, you're probably sitting with Linus Allmark right now holding already the Vesna in his hands. Like, you it's almost like you- arguably one of their most valuable players. Boston on defense. And I even said to you at the start of the year, like he could be a candidate for the Norris. Now he's getting smoked yeah. out of the smoked out of that situation, but that's not any, any, yeah, that's I mean, uh, that's, that's campus again, Lindholm. That, yeah. Oh, that was a great, my, great yes. pickup last year. Yes. Like that Holy is a, the jump is and a, I totally didn't even, uh, incredible, incredible pickup. But to Just, me, what puts it over the top is when it came across the ticker that Bertuzzi from Detroit went to Boston. I'm like, you have to be shitting me. How did they make this work? Like he is the number one player at the deadline you want in your lineup in the playoffs. And they gave what for him? He's a rat. Second and a fifth score. No, I not give a first rounder. First rounder. Was it a first first rounder? Yeah. Yeah. But you, you, you look at, what makes him so, so desirable is you have the Pasternak, Brad Marchand, David Krejci, Bergeron, Zaka, and uh, DeBrusque. 
Yeah. But then you have Taylor Hall, from what I'm hearing, is injured and he might, might be season ending type surgery. Have you heard that? Not on him. No. Or or is it Felino? I, I know Felino both those two. Felino and, and Taylor Hall are both in a situation. They're both hurt. And I, and I think that one of those guys is in a situation that he might be, have season season ending surgery. And I think that is why. So if, if they lose Hall, then you have Bertuzzi walk right in on the third line. If you have, if you lose Felino, you're, you're, you're getting a, a Garnet Hathaway who's won a Stanley cup and can fill that void of, of that type of player. I mean, they're, they've just, they're on a 10 game winning streak right now. So and I think so, to myself, who can beat them? So Van <laughs> wrap this up, wrap this up for us in the other conference. Who, who comes out of the West for you uh, after the deadline? Anybody impress you? Or is it, is it Dallas? You know, I, I think Dallas made a, I think a good, good move by, you know, I, I guess I'm not in love with the, the dad enough, but I think it gives him depth scoring. And, you know, it seems like he's been fitting in pretty good. Uh, but I really, really think the Domi one was was a great ad for them. But as far as no one else did a whole ton, you know, I think the Wild made some really good sneaky moves for not giving up anything. Really, you know, like a Marcus Johansson. Well, they they uh, were gaining draft picks because they're taking on salary for all these side deals with everybody else. Right. But no, I mean, I think the Edmonton move was nice with Ekholm. We'll see if that affects their power play because Barry, I thought, was really good on that power play. And he you doesn't know who, get enough you know credit. Who looked good for them on Saturday night. We did the the player cast for Hockey Night in Canada was uh, Klingberg. Yep. So that's that's he, hey Riff, he looked good the other night. Like yeah, he, he's he's a really talented hockey player. I mean, Klinberg is is a is a um at this point in his career, a, a top four defenseman, very, very good puck mover. He's gonna add offense from from the back end. You know, he's gonna be a guy that uh is is gonna garner power play time once he gets acclimated on that team, but they've got a good team. You gotta. Like, I think. Yeah, I think the Wild made some good. I mean, Klingberg is. I think of that. The, that pickup made zero sense for me. That, I mean, they gave up a third round pick, I believe, for him. I thought for sure he was someone in the East is gonna go get him. Yeah. You know. To well, I why mean, would they make that trade? It's it's kind of surprising because they have that uh, Kalen Addison, who's a right-handed shot. He's got twenty-eight points this year. Leads the D. They have Jarrett Spurgeon, mm-hmm. captain who has 27 points, right-handed shot. You also have uh, Matt Dumba, who's a right-handed shot. What was the reason for for them going and picking up John Klinberg? Because you're getting a stud defenseman who's motivated and looking for a new contract because the contract he got last year was not what he wanted. And it, it look, look back the last few years when Dallas made a run in the playoffs. Klinberg was fantastic for them. He was great. I think Dallas wanted to keep him, but they didn't have the cap space to keep him. I think he's going to come in here and just be really motivated, and he's proved that he's, in the playoffs, been a really good defenseman. So I think for a third-round pick, it's just it was a great pickup by uh, Billy G. So so finish that off for us. Is Minnesota a team or who? who anyone else? Well, I, I think it's 
again, I don't, I don't think it's so top heavy. I mean, the Kings are playing good hockey. I think if Vegas can figure it out, they're a good team. Dallas I think is obviously anybody, good. hey, anybody, like all you got to do this year in the West is get in. Yeah. I mean, you look at the two wild wild card spots <laughs> yeah. right now. It's Edmonton and Colorado. Those are the two that went to the conference final. Yeah. So I think the the you know well, Vegas Golden the Knights. Is... Vegas Golden Knights has thirty eight wins. L A has thirty seven. Seattle has thirty six. Mm-hmm. Minnesota has thirty six. Winnipeg has thirty six. Dallas thirty four. The Pacific Division is absolutely ridiculously tight. It's the, crazy. The, the the gap between wild card one and and number one in the Pacific is four points. But look at look at the wild card in the East, right? Because the East, like we have talked about, is so top heavy in their top six. 20, 30 points. <laughs> but then the wild card is like the Ottawa's and the the you know, like we just mentioned the the, the Sabres, like up and coming good teams. But do you think Carolina or Boston is afraid to play Ottawa or Buffalo in a playoff series? Carolina, no. Carolina is not afraid to play anybody. Is Boston afraid of playing Ottawa or Buffalo? Hell no. Hell Hell no. no. But if you're the Dallas or Vegas and you end up in the one spot and your wild card matchup is the Colorado Avalanche or Edmonton Oilers, does that scare you? Devastating. (laughs) That's freaking crazy, right? (laughs) That is the biggest psychological mind screw because you're you could be playing against the greatest player in the last fifty years in this league. Well, in the first get, round of the playoffs, as or a you get McKinnon and Ranton, and that's your hey, good job. You you, you took first. In you your see division. that, Petey? You got you got Ranton and McKinnon. See what he just did there, Petey? What would he do? Who did you say, Vanner? McKinnon, McKinnon, McKinnon and Ranton. Oh, Ranton, McKinnon and Ranton. All right. It's always a deal. What about De- Leon Draisaitl? Petey wants doesn't want to give him any love. It's all about Connor McDavid and Connor yeah, McDavid. This, that. I've, we have had, I've said this disgusting. before because he's European. If Leon would be Canadian, oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Didn't most, most definitely absolute stud. Zero Edmonton. goals. Uh, z- zero goals. <laughs> zero <clears throat> zero assists. Zero points, minus one, zero pims, zero, uh, two shots, two hits, one block, one giveaway, one takeaway, 54.5 on the faceoff, 17.39 of ice time. Last yeah. night it was Connor McDavid. Four-point game tonight for the Sabres. Big Will game. Fun. Big first game. period's going to be really, first period's going to be big. You know, they have to come out. They have to come out on the island and play their best hockey, most definitely in that first period, just to set the tone. So just, just hope they're not. You got to be zero zero. Keep just, it tight. Wait for yep. your power play. Wait for That's your it. two on ones. Hope you're not getting the rubber chicken from the hotel across the parking lot. There, I think I don't know. I don't think that hotel exists anymore. Oh my god, what a shithole! <laughs> That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. You can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.